I put myself first, my mental health, my emotional health, my physical, my spiritual, my financial health above everything else. And I allow things to flow. And when I started to do that and I started to really invest in myself, that's when I noticed that I was attracting the right people. Hey guys, welcome back to Mostly Balanced with Carly and Mia. Hey guys, welcome back. We have another really great guest for you today, Matt West. And it's April, another month, oh my our God. last month of season one. I can't believe it's April. This time has just flown by, but I'm really excited about April. But this is a great episode. Matt West, like Mia said, he's the founder of Boom, the mindful journaling app. Co-founder, actually. Founded it with a friend of his, but he was a really cool guy. It was so fun chatting with him. And I think that you guys are all really going to love the episode. It's definitely really motivating. If you feel like you need some motivation, you need you need to get pumped up. I feel like this is a good episode for you. What I like the most about it is when he talks about the difference between mindfulness and mindset, because I thought that was really interesting. Those words can sometimes be used like a little bit interchangeably or kind of mixed up. And I think it's really important to kind Kind of know the distinction to get in the right mindset, you have to be mindful. And then the other way around, like, if you are mindful, you have to still have that positive mindset. Yeah, I really liked it too. He felt like just a wealth of knowledge. And you'll hear me say this, but the episode was just at the perfect time for me. I posted recently about feeling like cluttered and like burnout from work. And this was just a really good episode for me. And I really loved, I think I also talked about this once on our Instagram about how people have these boxes they want to check in their life and feel like as soon as I check this box of like, get this job or get married, I'll be happy. And he kind of debunks all of that because he had a lot of those things and then felt still truly unfulfilled or that there was something else that he could be doing. So I just really liked that. And I feel like you have to be mindful and tune into yourself to like understand what's actually going to make you happy and bring yourself like happiness along the way. It's not going to just magically appear when you check the box of these things you think you're supposed to do. So I loved the conversation. Yeah, definitely go check him out on Instagram. He's a very inspirational account to follow. He always posts a lot of inspirational quotes. He actually goes live on Instagram, like I think every single day and just has this like whole motivational talk. So I highly recommend Love that. Yeah, you, you join those sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I do. But anyway, so we got to see each other this weekend, which was really fun. Yeah, Carly and I both got our COVID vaccines yesterday, first dose. And then we hung out. We went to Matcha Full, which we love. And like today I'm like feeling really tired from the vaccine. Yeah, it definitely kind of took it out of me. But yeah, Mia did Javits Center and I did one of the NYU locations. And my sister actually just mentioned that she was able to get an appointment at a Dwayne Reed. So I feel like they're oh, wow. becoming more and more available, which is which is great. So that was definitely good news. Then we went to Matcha Full and then just kind of walked around a lot. I feel like we got like a little lost in like kind of town. <laughs> yeah, I my steps yesterday were like such an outlier for my normal activity because I don't like I bring Cooper on walks, but I haven't been in my normal like long walk phase. So yesterday was a lot for me. Maybe that's yeah. why I'm tired. <laughs> I definitely had a high step count. Well, I made a couple of fun purchases this week. And it's funny because neither of them, I think actually both of them might be in my mail room right now, but I haven't gotten them yet. But I'm so excited for them. And I posted on, on Instagram about female founded or female run companies that are brands that I've been loving. And a couple of them were collabs too. Like I posted on our Instagram over the past couple of weeks, a couple of times about the No Bread, Nowhere Bake collab mm. Oreo cookies that were 
so good. It was actually kind of funny because I almost got them for my sister just as like a no reason, like almost sent them to her in the mail. Actually, I don't even think we had talked about them, but we both love no bread and it just looked like something she would love. Then I was like, eh, it's a little expensive. I'm not just going to buy like these Oreos and send them to her. And then she did the same thing for me. So I felt kind of bad that I even <laughs> told her like I was going to get you the cookies, but they're too expensive. And she was but, like, oh no, I already sent yeah, I I already just sent them, them to you. you. But worth every penny. If they ever come back, I would highly recommend them. They're so good. But a couple of the other things I posted about the Fat Buddha, honestly, Kate glitter set. I'm not sure if we talked about it when she came on the podcast, but she's a former guest of ours and she was such a fun guest. We loved chatting with her and she did definitely talk about Fat Buddha. I just don't know if it was this line specifically, but anyway, they look so comfortable, so amazing. And I'm so excited for those to come. And then I also ordered a necklace from another former guest, Kira West, from her jewelry line, which is all travel inspired jewelry. So it's a really pretty necklace that I feel like will be like an everyday wear. It looks so cute and really, really good quality. So I'm excited for both of those to come. Yeah. Those are such great purchases. I can't wait for you to go get them. I know. I ordered the Fat Buddha Honestly, Kate set too, and I'm really excited to get it. We both ordered pink, which is so different. Like they come in pink and black and we both decided to go a little out of our comfort zone and get the bright pink glitter set. So tune in to see those soon. Yes, they're going to be so cute. I can't wait. And then I actually, I tried something fun this morning, which I posted out on our feed. I went to Maman, the French coffee shop has a multiple locations in Manhattan and they're opening one in Cobble Hill, about a half hour walk from my apartment. So they did a little spring pop-up the past couple of days. And I found out about it from the account Uncover More run by Ariana. She always has the best hidden gems or all the like fun things to do in the city. And I saw that she posted this a few days ago and just knew I had to go immediately. It's the cutest little pop-up Maman, I love all the time, but it's this gorgeous like flower installation. They did all of these like spring and Easter treats, so specialty drinks. So I got a hot chocolate called Topsoil and it was a dark chocolate, such a creamy hot chocolate with like cake crumbs on top and this little white chocolate carrot. It was so cute. Oh, and I also got these flowers, which was a complete impulse buy. They're dried <laughs> flowers. They were a little more money than I would normally spend on a flower bouquet. But the guy in there was honestly so nice. And he convinced me that they, it was a great purchase because they would last a while. And I got a box of treats to bring home to Dan. And that's honestly like the only thing I did today because I'm exhausted. <laughs> it looked so cute from the pictures that you posted. It was really adorable. And then I'm really looking forward to when it is in Cobble Hill permanently. I think they're opening in the summer, according to Ariana's Instagram. Yeah. So also follow Uncover More if you live in New York City, because she has really great recommendations for like all things to eat, see, do, where to stay events, pop-ups, museums. I feel like it's not like the most popular places that you've already seen so many people post about. It's always like you said, little pop-ups or fun places that you might not be aware of. I used to love the... I think they had a lavender hot chocolate at Maman that I used to really love. Oh, this had lavender whipped cream in it. Oh, really? So that must be the thing. But yeah, that's so awesome. I definitely want to check it out. I guess we could just get right into the episode. This is, like we said, such a good one. I think you guys are really going to love it. I literally would want to have my notes app open or like a pen and a notebook or something because he says so many things that are really helpful to kind of just jot down and little practices to help you get into a better Mm -hmm. mindset and be more mindful and everything like that. 
Yeah, that's really, uh, we'll get into the episodes, you can hear it, but I, that's one thing I really liked about him because he did give like tangible tips and he didn't just speak so under this like wide umbrella of mindset and mindfulness and living in alignment. He spoke such an honest story of his own and gave a lot of tangible tips so we can all kind of improve our day to day, which is really helpful. Yes. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome back. Today, we are here with psychologist, podcaster, founder of the well-being tech company, Boom Journal. And we are so excited to hear so much more about you. So welcome to Mostly Balanced, Matt West. I appreciate both of you bringing me on. I'm super excited to share more about what it is I do. Welcome. We're so excited to have you here. Let's just dive right into it. So tell our listeners a little bit about where you're from, where you live now, and what you do. No, that, that's a great question. So I was born and raised in Northridge. So that's about 20 minutes from LA. I grew up in Los Angeles in a small town called Palmdale, California, which is about a hour drive from Los Angeles. So I was born and raised out there. And now I currently reside in Los Angeles. I've lived in Marina Del Rey. I've lived in Brentwood. And I have an office, my Boom Journal office is based in Beverly Hills. Nice. So all over California. Mm -hmm. Jealous, jealous of the very sunny life you've probably had. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, the weather, the weather's great. It's kind of been hit or miss the last few days. Like yesterday, it was cold and gloomy. The day prior was like sunny. So it's been like hit or miss. But I'm very grateful because one of the main things about L.A. and I'm, if you visit it, you know, the weather's amazing. I am dying to get out there again. But <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned your office for Boom Journal. I want to hear so much more about that. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about what that is and how it came to be? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll kind of go back into the story of how. I kind of discovered my passion because I know a lot of people are in search of what what is in my purpose? Like, what's my passion? Right. But it kind of it found me. Right. And it goes back, reflecting back when I was in high school, I was super, super passionate about soccer. Like I played soccer since I was five. I just loved the sport. And it was my junior year. I was in 11th grade going into my junior year. And I was excited because the year prior, I made varsity. And this was my opportunity to really showcase my talent. And I wanted to pursue it as a career path. Like I was that passionate about soccer. And it was during that summer, I was training and we were training really hard. We were gearing up for the season. And during that summer, when I was training, I had like this sharp pain in my knee and I have a high threshold of pain. So I didn't really pay it any mind. And I was like, well, I'll just get through it. I powered through the actual practice that day. And then when I woke up the next morning, it was excruciating. It was to the point where I, I just asked my mom, I was like, mom, you, I, we need to go to the doctor. This is not normal. Like this is like excruciating. So I went to the doctor. He diagnosed me with a condition and he said, you're not going to be able to play all season. And looking back and reflecting back, I've always been very ambitious. So I was like, I'm, I'm going to play. I don't care what you say. I'm going to play. And 
I decided to just continue on. But as the practices went on, I noticed I wasn't able to move and really do the things that I was capable of doing. And I decided to just simply rest. And I did the rest for like six to nine months. And I allowed my body to heal. But there's a silver lining. During that fall, going into my junior year, I was introduced to psychology. And I was at a point where it was very difficult because I had this passion for soccer and I didn't have a replacement. Like I was kind of down. I was not really my normal self. But once I was introduced to psychology by my teacher, he made it so engaging that I shifted and I started to replace that passion for psychology. And I, that was the birth of really trying to understand why people do what they do. And I started mindful journaling during that time, not knowing like what it was or what it really entailed. I just started journaling and I started writing down my thoughts and, and I saw that it made a change in my life, but I didn't label it. It wasn't called like mindful journaling. It wasn't called journaling. It was just something that I picked up. And as I studied psychology, fast forward to undergrad and I obtained a degree a BA in psychology. And then I went on to obtain a master's in clinical psychology from Pepperdine University. And then I obtained a second master's in educational psychology. So I have a dual master's in psychology. And that is my passion. I just love to understand like why people do what they do. And the area that I really focus on is neuroscience, like really understanding how our brain is connected to how we think and how we feel. And then pairing that with cognitive behavioral, those are the areas I'm super, super passionate about. And then I blended that in with mindfulness, which is the focus of the app itself. So when I was working with clients, I gave them tools to be able to bring their awareness of the present moment, because the reality is life is only happening in the present, right? Oftentimes we may think about the past and those thoughts could lead to regret, right? Things about the past and we dwell on those thoughts and it could lead to us not feeling because everything we think about is going to lead to us feeling a certain way, right? Or sometimes we think about future events that have not even happened and we kind of paint this picture in our mind and that could lead to worry or stress. But when we practice mindfulness, we're able to bring our awareness to the present. And there's many tools, right? There's meditation, you can do yoga. But for me, it was mindful journaling. And I'll kind of elaborate more on that. But one of the reasons why I wanted to build an app that is connected to it, because I wanted to be able to reach more people, because I saw the, the power it had that it, in, in terms of changing my own life, but also the people that I worked with, I noticed that they were changing as well. And I wanted to make it something that was very user-friendly, very easy to use. So that way you can do it if you already have a practice like meditation or yoga, or you can be introduced to it. And it's very easy to adopt that new healthy way of bringing your awareness to the present moment. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, definitely. And first of all, that must have been so difficult to have to stop doing something that you loved so much and something that was probably so much of your identity was wrapped up, especially at such a pivotal time when you were a sophomore in high school. So you're so right. I feel like in everything that challenges us like that, there's always some sort of silver lining and sometimes you really have to search for it. But for you, it was clearly discovering psychology. And I loved what you just said just now about focusing more on the present moment. And I think that in my experience, I can get really wrapped up in things like that happened in the past and worrying about how that's affecting me now. And then even worrying about the future. And sometimes it's hard to remind yourself that you're going to have so many more opportunities in the present moment than you will if you're kind of thinking ahead and constantly thinking ahead or looking back. So you had this injury and you finally decided to really rest and peel back. And then you started getting more into psychology. Did you ever start to pick up more like going back into fitness or was that part of your life kind of closed at that point? No, that was a huge part because I've always been athletic. So essentially what I did was I paired movement with mindfulness. So part of my like morning routine is doing like a quick 15 to 20 minute high intensity functional training. So it's much different than just a interval training. It's functional because everything that I do, it kind of serves a purpose and it really taps into like our physical, our mental our emotional well-being because it's important to have our body move. And then I write down my intentions for the day. So that that's very important to write them down because all these thoughts have been kind of floating through our mind while we're asleep. And I write down my intentions for the day. And then I get into like a 10 to 15 minute high intensity workout really to get my heart rate up. And, and what it does is it gives me like this jolt of energy. And then I also, I walk on the beach. And the important part about that is not just bringing your awareness to all the senses and, and being by the water. It's the the charge, the electricity that's like charged when my feet touch the ground. And that body and mind connection is so, so crucial because when we can tap into our mind, our body and our soul, which is like our inner voice that comes up. And regardless of where you're at in terms of your journey, we all have that inner voice telling us, you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You don't have enough money, right? We have that voice and that's that inner voice that you have to be able to overpower. And when you can overpower that, now you are designing, you are in control over the challenges that we're faced because we're all going to be faced with challenges. That's, that's inevitable, right? We're all going to have things that we've done in the past that we regret. And you brought up a good point. Like we all do that. We all think about like, oh, if I had done that or what if I didn't do that, right? We have these thoughts of the past, but it's important that we develop a way to shift from the what if to how can I learn from this, right? How can I learn from that experience so that way I don't make the same mistake or we we move in a way that's non-judgmental. And that's that's kind of the key with mindfulness is looking back on the past and using those as opportunities to learn and grow and being very observant and not so judgmental. Or if we're thinking about like future events, how can we not judge ourselves for not being able to be at a point where we should be? Like, I should be here at this point right? That's very judgmental. Or you hearing that from someone else, like done this quite some time now, like you should be a little bit more advanced. That's, that's another judgment. 
and really shifting that to observing, okay, if I want to get here, what steps do I need to take? What small actions do I need to do in order to get there? And then now you detach and you create that space from the outcome, right? You're not so driven by the outcome, but now you can be more present. So that way you can actually make sound decisions in the moment, right? Because every decision we make is going to impact us in some form or fashion. But when we're able to really kind of clear our mind and make those decisions, we increase our likelihood to get closer to what it is we actually want. There's no like, oh, once I get this, once I get the house, or once I get this car, or once I get my family, whatever that is that you're kind of chasing, once you actually obtain it, then you're like, this is it? Like, like so, and I'm, I'm speaking from personal experience. I have been married and that was something when I was in grad school, like I had this plan, right? I was like, okay, I'm going to have, I'm going to have a beautiful home. I'm going to have a wife. I'm going to have a family with kids. And, and I had this like picture of like this idea, like I've graduated, like all these things that I'm like, I need to be able to have this job by the time I'm this age. And I, I was, I was like hitting all these marks. And then once I was able to accomplish what I set out to do, and this was before I was really into mindfulness and I made it something that was a part of my life and my identity. I was just like, I was just always chasing, chasing, chasing. I was always trying to strive to do more, do more, do more. And then once I obtained it, it was like, this is it. This is what I've been chasing and, and going after. And it just produced like more anxiety, it produced more worry, more stress, the more things that I accumulated. Right. And it's really not the things like a lot of people think like, oh, well, I don't need to have things to make me happy. Right. Which is true. But if you start to shift the way you think about it and that's our mindset. Our mindset is the way we think about things. Mindfulness is more about how we manage the stress, the worry, the anxiety, the, those strong emotions. But when we think about it in different ways, like if we look at money as a tool, money is a tool that can be used to create certain things in our life. That's much different than I need this and I'm not going to be happy until I achieve this. That's a it's a it's a little bit of a shift. So it's important that we really look at our mindset and then we pair it with mindfulness because mindset is just identifying, OK, this is the way I think about the world. This is the way I think about those those beliefs, those values that we develop even at a young age and are given to us by our family members, our friends, our teachers, those identities are built into us. And then mindfulness is being able to manage the stressors, the anxiety that really is going to be a part of our life. So being able to kind of pair those two is very, very vital. So just going back to, to the, the concept of transitioning, it was during 2018, I had like a major life change and it took me back to that moment that when I was in high school, when something was pulled away from me, that was a passion of mine. It was just in a different context. And I, I, I went into like a dark place. Like it was very, very difficult. And I just decided one day, this is not what I want. 
And I decided to really focus on my physical health. So I know that's something that I can see. That's something I can do. So I looked at, okay, I need to make sure that I'm eating healthy foods. I need to make sure I'm exercising. And I started very small. Like I, I started very small. I just started working out at home and that was uh, before COVID. So it was just something that I decided to do. And then as I built momentum, I started going to the gym. I started going more consistently. I started being more mindful of what I, what I was eating, more mindful of what I was reading, what I was feeding, not just my body, but my mind as well. And I started to notice that I was making these changes it just flowed. It wasn't forced. Like when I was chasing materialistic things or I was chasing status or things like that, it always felt like a sense of force. And then once it kind of went full circle and that was just like pulled away from me, that was the moment I realized that I needed to make a change. And I started small and I started making small progress towards what my authentic self was, who I truly am. And it, it's been amazing in terms of like the changes that I've noticed. And now that's more important than the things that I will obtain. Like now I'm not so attached to the outcome. Now it's more about enjoying the journey as I'm going through it. Yeah, you just said so many things that are just speaking to me. I mean, first of all, I really like how you tied back mindfulness to the tangible things that you can do every day. So the waking up, working out, writing down your thoughts, getting to the beach and getting your feet to the ground. Like we always love to ask people who speak about mindset and mindfulness or really anything, what are tangible tips that people can take away? So I really like that you included that in your everyday routine that people can see that there's things that we can do every day, just small little tweaks to make ourselves feel a little more mindful and present. But then of course, I, I really loved hearing your experience about finding yourself and becoming more in line with your authenticity. And I mean, you explained it in an interesting way that you checked all those boxes. You graduated from school with these degrees. You had a job, you had a wife, you had a house, you had was starting a family, but you didn't really feel like yourself. Whereas from the outside, I imagine you looked like you had a really, really successful life. So were you feeling unhappy at the time? Do you think other people noticed you seemed out of alignment or that you weren't living the life you wanted? I want to hear a little more about that experience. And if maybe it appeared like you had it all together, but this was something you were like silently suffering on the inside and then how you actually went about getting out of that rut. Because I feel like a lot of people do check those boxes, feel like they're going to find happiness at the next step and then it just doesn't come and they find themselves stuck. So I would love to hear a little more about that. Yeah. And that's a, that's a great, great question. Finding myself stuck. And that's exactly where, where I was at because I obtained all of these accolades and I obtained the level of success based on what society, right. Based on what my parents fed. And that was, that was exactly what my parents wanted me to do. And my sister right now, she's a pharmacist. She has a husband and she appears happy. Like, I don't, I don't really know, like in, internally, like where she's at, but on the outside, she appears happy. She has a, a wonderful husband. She just bought a, a Tesla. She has a dog. She lives in San Diego. It's just everything on the outside. is looking great. 
And that's where I was like everything on the outside was great. And I'm generally like, I'm a happy person. Like I'm not the type of person where I have high anxiety or I'm depressed, but I was dealing with a lot of stress. And instead of confronting that stress and really being able to be honest and say, I'm stressed out right now. I have a lot of things that are going on and I need to be able to take small steps to break this large thing that I need to accomplish down. So that way I can start chipping away and be able to really manage my stress. And I, I did it. I use ways to escape, right? And oftentimes that's what we do because in the immediate, it feels good, right? It feels good in the moment and it feels like, okay, well, I'm just, it's, it's only short term. It's not a big deal. And that started leading to self-destruction. And what I mean by that is I was escaping the challenges that I was facing, the, the challenges of dealing with real life stuff. And I, I started doing drugs. I started smoking. I started drinking. And my health and my mental started to wane. And it started to affect my relationships, especially the, the core one, which was my relationship with my significant other, my relationship with my daughter. And it led to ultimately, we agreed that the relationship wasn't working and we decided to co-parent. And after that moment, everything that I worked so hard to accomplish was taken away. I went to school. I, I did all of the things on the list based on what other people said. This is what is the, the route in terms of your success is going to look like. And just reflecting back and as I'm as I'm speaking now, that was one thing that I noticed that I did was I was a people pleaser. And I didn't really know the terminology until more recently, but I always was trying to make sure everyone else was happy. Everyone else was comfortable. And I did not put myself first. And that's something that you have to be aware of because if you're not showing up your best self, you're not going to be able to give to anybody else. And that was a pivotal change that I made with myself. I put myself first, my mental health, my emotional health, my physical, my spiritual, my financial health above everything else. And I allow things to flow. And when I started to do that and I started to really invest in myself, that's when I noticed that I was attracting the right people. And that was something that I learned the hard way. If, if someone's already aware of the fact that it's important to invest in yourself, then that's even more empowering. And it was an affirmation when I met my co-founder Something that I admire a lot about him is he already had that. Like he already had that ability to be aware that it's important to invest in yourself and you will attract the right people. So it was an affirmation just looking through him. And it was very inspirational that he was able to make the changes he needed to based on that. 
Yeah. It's so interesting that you said you learned the hard way, because I was thinking that throughout when you were speaking that in my experience, when I don't pay attention to things that are stressing me out, or I kind of just keep going and pretending everything's fine. There's always going to be that pivotal moment where life kind of forces you to deal with it and forces you to pay attention to it. So it sounds like you definitely had that. And I've definitely been there. And I totally, I could not agree with you more about when you are putting yourself first and you are more in alignment with your goals and your true self, that's when you're going to call in more of the things that are going to align with you. Even my and Mia's friendship, for example, like we had met years before we actually became friends, but we were both in such kind of bad places that we didn't even really like acknowledge each other, or realize how much we had in common. And then a few years later, we both had gotten out of bad relationships. We were kind of in much better mental states. And then we hit it off right away and became best friends. It was kind of like we called in that friendship because we were both in a much better place. And it kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier, like about living in the present moment and really accepting things as they are and not as you wish they were, or as they look to the outside, or as you think they should be, because we're given so many choices every single day. And everything that's happening right now is really a result of one of those choices we made in the past. So if we keep kind of focusing on that, rather than the choices that we're making now and making them consciously and being aware, then we're never really going to move forward in the way that we should. So you mentioned earlier, your morning routine and kind of how you set your intentions for the day and everything like that. Rewinding to that a little bit, what are some examples? of like what a daily intention might be for you? So there's there's two components. So the, the first component is writing down what you're going to let go. And writing that down is very important. So if it's something that is a source of anxiety, stress, worry, frustration, these are unhealthy thoughts. And I steer away from positive and negative, but I really focusing, I focus in on healthy and unhealthy because it's, it's very similar to when we put food in our body, right? We don't call it negative food. Like if fried food or like, or something that's really not healthy for us, like pizza, that's unhealthy food. And it's okay to have those unhealthy foods from time to time. But when it becomes something that you're doing every single day, then it's going to start affecting your body. It's no different than thoughts, right? When we have unhealthy thought, frustration, worry, stress, anxiety, boredom, and that is prolonged, that's where it leads to having a major impact in your life. So I write down, I write down those, those thoughts and I, and I say, I'm, I'm letting go. And I really am detailed on what specifically is in my mind. And and I try to utilize all five of my senses so that way I'm clearing space in my mind. And then the next component is writing down something that I'm grateful for. Like I'm grateful for a family that loves me or I'm grateful for being able to have the strength to go to the gym today. So it doesn't have to be very complicated, but though that small tweak of writing down what you're going to let go and writing down what you are grateful for makes a huge change. And part of the app is it's, it guides you to do this. And in the key is doing it consistently because you can journal for a week, but it's not going to do anything. It doesn't become part of your identity. But when you do it consistently every single day and you just make it a part of who you are, your identity and align it to like your values, you now are making these changes 
and it's happening and it's flowing organically. I read an article that you wrote. I can't remember if it was on Mind Body Green or another publication. And it was about the combination of movement and meditation. And it hit home for me so much because that's something that I've always like I, when I started to try to get into meditation originally, I couldn't do it because I was really bad at kind of like sitting still or lying down. But then I started to stop and think about what meditation really was and kind of like that meditative state where your mind turns off or you're able to relax your mind a little bit. And I started to think, when do I feel that way? And I realized that pretty much every long run that I go on, I feel like I'm meditating because my head kind of turns off and I go into that meditative state. And so I started to try to do walking meditations and even running meditations. And it was so much more impactful for me. So is that something that's common or that you would recommend is pairing that meditation actually into the movement? No, hundred percent. Cause you have, you have to enjoy it because I, it, it reminds me of a time when I was in grad school, it was 2008. I was taking this night course and the teacher, like he was really into meditation. Like he was like super, like every time we had class, he was like, turned off all the lights and he was like, okay, we're going to sit here quietly and we're going to meditate. And then he would, he would like guide us through it at the end of class. Like want to go home. Like, it's like I've been sitting here for an hour and a half. The last thing I want to do is like meditate. And that really kind of turned me off. And at the time it wasn't really popular like it is now, but it was just like, I, like I was in the same predicament. Like this is really challenging because I have all these things that I want to get done. I just want, I really just want to leave, but whatever you choose, whatever tool you use, whether that's meditating and running or meditating and walking or yoga, there's, there's so many tools. It's important that whatever a person selects, that it's something they enjoy because the, the key is really being consistent with it. Right. But for me, like movement, is attached to exercise. Like I already enjoy exercise. And when I'm either doing the journaling before or after the actual exercise, I can, I can really take advantage of the benefits of bringing my awareness to the present and really clearing my mind. Cause that's the goal is to be able to clear your mind so you can allow that open space to be filled with healthy thoughts. Because when we focus on inner peace, love and joy, and really have compassion, we share kindness, you're going to start to embody that. That's going to be your identity. Like I, I am very intentional about every interaction I have. And I am focusing on having emotions that are connected to peace, love, and joy. And when I do that, I notice that that same energy is reciprocated because like with anybody else, I have thoughts of anxiety, I have thoughts of worry, stress, anger, resentment, jealousy, but I'm able to overpower them and shorten those thoughts. And that's the key because oftentimes we try to eliminate them and it's, it's much easier to eliminate them when we distract ourselves, or we may just get caught up in it and not be aware that it's a, those thoughts are affecting how we feel because everything we think about is going to lead to how we feel. And what we feel is going to lead to what we do. 
This is hitting home for me so much today because I literally I just <laughs> said to Carly this morning that I need to start meditating daily because my head feels so cluttered. And listening to the way you described that, I just I haven't really li- been living presently lately. My mind's always at the next five things I'm supposed to get done. I don't have time that I'm setting aside in the morning. I'm like running from rushing from my workout to get to my computer in the morning that if I decided to journal, it would probably be like in front of my work email. And that's just it would just be checking off a box of journaling. So I really I may I'm deciding to make a change that this morning I just sat down on my yoga mat after exercising and just let myself sit and be present for six or seven minutes of a short meditation because I've just been feeling so like stuck and cluttered. And I honestly, I mean, it was one day I would I go in and out of meditating practices, but even just the one small meditation this morning, I had such a better day where I actually felt present and I felt like I wasn't being forgetful and I wasn't thinking five steps ahead of myself. So mm-hmm. I really like the way you frame that, that it will just show up in every area of your life when you commit to the practice. No, hundred percent. Yeah. It's just like training any muscle, right? If we train our body, like if we want abs, you you have to train your app. And the same thing applies to our mind. Like our mind is the most powerful resource we have. And we have 90,000 thoughts every single day. And we, we have to be very intentional about the thoughts that come into our mind. Because a lot of what's happening is subconscious. Like you're not even aware that it's really tied to like our beliefs that were kind of fed to us when we were younger or maybe a teacher or a friend or the information we're reading online or through Instagram or TikTok or any, any information that you're feeding your mind is happening at a subconscious level. But there's there's a prefrontal cortex and that is the area of our, our brain that's tied to like planning, time management, organization. And that's the conscious part where we're, we're, we're deciding, okay, I need to do this. So the, the more you train your mind to be able to be more present, the more you feel empowered. And that's what we want. When you feel empowered, you're going to lead with confidence. It's really confidence that people are after. People want to be happy. You are not aware of the impact or the influence you have on your mind. So it's super, super important to really be able to have those moments where you can sit with those strong emotions, right? Because you're going to have these emotions. You're going to have challenges you're faced with. That's inevitable. There's no going around that. And once you are able to know like, okay, I'm not going to be able to get through this and these emotions are here. How can I learn from this? What is, what is these emotions trying to let me know? How are they guiding me? Because every emotion we have, every thought we have is a guide. And when we, that's why like, like breathing, like scanning our body, when we have signs and behaviors of anxiety and you're aware of those signs and behaviors, those are indications that, okay, 
what like what's coming up was it was it when i'm thinking about what happened yesterday or is it because i'm thinking about what that text was or whatever that case may be and those signs and behaviors are our intuition some people call it intuition people call it a gut feeling whatever the label is but those are very very powerful yeah that's so true and we talked about that recently a little bit about in the context of jealousy and how the emotion of jealousy can kind of point to a lot of different things that your mind or your body is trying to tell you your intuition kind of thing. So we definitely find that super interesting. And how has spirituality, what kind of role has spirituality played in your life? So the, I'll I'll kind of touch base on the, the five areas that I work on. So there's physical, mental, emotional, financial, and spiritual. So with your physical, that's eating the right foods, that's making sure that you are exercising and you're getting sound sleep. When we look at the mental, that's really our mindset. What are we thinking in terms of our beliefs and our values? Are we making decisions that are aligned to our beliefs and values? Our emotional, that's really the, that is that mindfulness component. So emotions come up and it's really about how are you going to manage those emotions, stress, worry, frustration, anxiety. And then when we look at financial, that's just looking at like, where am I at financially? And is it moving towards a growth? And then spiritual, that's connected to our soul. That's that that inner voice that is, is connected to our heart. That's our gut feeling. That's our intuition, whatever you want to call it. I mean, a lot of people kind of tie it to religion and it it really is not contingent upon what religion you associate with. Cause there's like so many different things to believe in. Like, I know people are like really into crystals right now. I've heard like the shaman, <laughs> right? Yeah. There's people. I'm really into crystals lately. <laughs> yeah. So like, there's so many things right now. And I mean, people read the Bible, like for me in terms of religion, like I, that's part of my morning routine too, is I read the Bible for, I read like a chapter. Did um, you grow up religious? I did, but it wasn't even connected to Christianity. Like I grew up um, Muslim. So like me reading the Bible is like complete opposite than what I was brought up and I was fed to believe. And I just made a decision to start to read the Bible and start to really understand it. But whatever that is for you, it's important that you use that to your advantage. So it's really like, do you believe like whatever that crystal's purpose is, is to provide this to you? If you believe it, it's going to happen. It's it's almost like you have to believe whatever is on your mind, because that's that mental piece, that 10%, that 10% of this is what I believe. And this is what is going to lead me to flow. And I'm going to attract whatever it is that I'm focusing on because it's energy And that. in that crystal, when you read the Bible, when you do shot, whatever the, the connection is, there's energy. And it goes back to the energy, like on the ground, when we're, when you hear like the word grounded, when you're really grounded, now you're, you're setting that foundation to allow energy to flow in you. It's not forced. You're not chasing, but now you're flowing. And when you have energy flowing within you, it's going to show you're, you're going to show up when you don't want to, you're going to show up when people are not 
showing up, right? When they're angry or bitter and we're always going to be tested. Like it can be as simple as like you're standing in line and you have to get back to work or you're, you just don't want to sit in, in, in line. And this person is taking a very long time. And then you start to get irritated because now it's like, almost like, are they doing this intentionally now? Like this is really irritating me. And this is just a simple example. But in that moment, you can use that as an opportunity to learn more about yourself. You can be like, hmm, I noticed that I'm starting to get a little bit irritated right now because this person is not moving when I want it because it's really about control. At that point, you, you are trying to control a situation that's out of your control. There's nothing you can do, but what you can do is you can bring your awareness to the present be like, hmm, I noticed this and I noticed that I'm being impatient. How can I be more patient? Because this may be showing up in other areas of my life that I, I'm not aware of. And then once you start to understand yourself better, you can start to understand others. Because if you have self-love, if you have self-compassion, now you can have that for others. If you have self-empathy, if you have a high self-esteem, you have high self-worth, now you can start to see that in others, but it starts with you. Yeah. I had that feeling yesterday where I was feeling irritated and realizing like led to my meditation this morning. So you're really just preaching a lot of what's been going on. (laughs) And I'm glad you said that about religion, because that's always been my my philosophy, that it's just truly what you believe in and no arguing over which God or belief is better. It's really just what you're putting your energy into. No, 100%. Are you out of the relationship you were in before? Are you in a relationship now or are you single? So right now, um, so I did go through a divorce in 2018 and we're still co-parenting, but right now I am single. That's literally what I was about to ask about. I wanted to hear about like how your wellness impacts your relationships and more about that experience. No, that, no, that's a great question. So when I first going back, reflecting back on 2018, when I was like really on this like path of self-improvement and I was like, okay, I just want to, I just want to get better every day. Like I want to just keep getting better and better. I alienated other people that were not on that path. So if you were not like gung ho about like self-improvement or just talking at my frequency or things that I enjoy, I was like, I don't, I don't really have time for that. Like I'm, I'm not interested. But then as I continued to really understand myself better, I understood and had more empathy because the reality is we're all at different journeys and we're all at different stages and we're all growing at different rates. And I'm able to interact with anybody. So everybody's like on an equal playing field in that regards. And now I'm able, when I am interacting with people, I understand them and I really can empathize with them. And my relationship in the past, I saw a lot of good things in that person. And I was like, come on, we can, we can do this. And I was like a coach and I was like, okay, okay. But the reality is I don't have control over that. That's up to that person in terms of their happiness, their peace. That's up to that person to make that decision and do it for them. And me being a person like I'm very helpful. And that's something that's like a trait of mine. Like I was like, I can do this. Like I can make this person 
happy. If they just did this or if they were doing things differently and I would always like chime in and give my advice. But over the course of the last two years, what I learned is sometimes people just want you to listen. So one of the, the one of the most powerful questions I ask people is, is this something you just want me to listen or do you want me to give you advice? I love that. That asking somebody, do you want, are you looking for somebody to listen to you? Or are you looking for someone to give you real honest advice? Because that could be super helpful because sometimes I just want to vent and I just want somebody to listen and I get kind of frustrated by their advice. But it's interesting what you said, even about relationships, because I've kind of had a similar mindset in the past where I feel like like the coach in me comes out and I want to try to like help them. And I feel like I can, and it's different. It's a different feeling than entering into a relationship, wanting to change somebody. Like it doesn't feel like I want to change them. It just feels like I really want to help them like be better and be a better version of themselves. Not for me, but for them. And it can be like a slippery slope to go down for sure. No, hundred percent. And especially if you see, you see that they can be like amazing. You see it, like you see that person, if they like really put in the effort and not to say that they they're not right, but you see, like you can be amazing. I want you to see what I can see. But the reality is if that person does not see it and they're not ready to make make a change because oftentimes like people, a lot of people don't want to change. Like it is very difficult to really be honest and make the changes. And if that person does not, then they're, they're just not. Yeah. And I think being open to personal growth and personal development is like a huge quality that you should look for in somebody because you're not going to want to be with someone who kind of wants to like stay stagnant if, if you're somebody who puts in a lot of personal growth. But that kind of leads me to the last question that I wanted to ask before we do some quick rapid fire. So who is boom geared toward that? I mean, honestly, like it's geared toward everyone because I made it in a way that it's really simple to use and it does not matter your background in mindfulness. And it allows you to practice mindfulness in an easy, simple way. Yeah, I love that. And I'm glad it's nice that it could be used. But you can meet anyone where they are in their mindfulness journey. So that's a really helpful tool. But we always like to close with some rapid fire questions to learn a little bit more about you outside of what you do and what led you to your career. So you talked a little bit about this, but what is one must have quality in a significant other? Yeah. Okay. So it's really challenging in that regard to pinpoint like a specific one quality, right? Cause there's, there's so many layers, but as I continue growing and as I learn from my past relationships, I know that I want someone that is already working towards working on themselves and really trying to understand themselves and not at a point where they're kind of lost or they don't really know what they want. For me, it's important to have someone that knows what they want and is very clear as to what they want because I know what I want and I'm using my past experience that I learned from and I know exactly what I want. So it's very appealing to me and I'm attracted to individuals that also know what they want as well. Like it's very clear, like what you want. And then when I am with that person, we evolve together. We build with each other and we're evolving and we're growing, even though we could be at different levels. But I know that what I'm giving to them, they're benefiting and vice versa. And I'm, I'm turning 38. So 
there was like this gap where I was married for six years and I wasn't dating. And then now I'm coming out of it and it's like a different world. Like I wasn't on Tinder. Like that was kind of all evolving during that time. Everything is like so instant and that's fine, but there's, there's no application or app that allows you to connect with someone on a deeper level. Does that make sense? So maybe, maybe my next venture will be an app that allows people to connect with other people and build more meaningful relationships. Yeah. I'm ready to go in on that with you if you want to start a dating app. But that's, I was actually just going to ask how old you were. So 38. And that's so true. I feel like those six years were pretty pivotal in the dating world, like how things change so much. I even think back to dating in New York City six years ago or 10 years ago, and it, it's definitely changed a lot. It's a lot to take on. And sometimes there's not much mindfulness involved with a dating app. So I could totally <laughs> see a need for that. But what is one food that you can't live without? Any any greens. So any anything plant based. I, I love arugula, spinach, broccoli. So those are those are like my go to's. Arugula is such an underrated green. So good. Oh, 100%. <laughs> what is advice you would give to your younger self? Don't care about what other people think. Just just focus on you and people that want to be in your presence and want to connect with you will. I mean, this is a funny one for you, but what is your favorite method of self-care? No, that, that that's actually a good question. And I mean, there's there's so many things I do. I like cold, cold showers. I do infrared saunas, but my go-to, and it's always been my go-to since all the way back to like middle school. And that's going to the barber and getting a haircut. That is a game changer for me. Like making, going to the barber and that feeling when you have like a really great cut is, is, is amazing. Like there's no better self-care than going to the barber for me. I love, I love when that. a guest gives us an answer that we've never gotten before. We've definitely never gotten <laughs> that one. And we haven't gotten cold showers either, which I feel like is a very trendy thing now. Mia mm-hmm. and I were just laughing the other day on one of our episodes about how I dated a guy once who like I always left with like homework. Like he always told me things that I had to do. And one of them was like, start taking cold showers. So I started doing <laughs> it. And I actually did feel like pretty good. It really gets you started for the day and leaves you energized and everything like that. But I'm cold now just thinking about it. I don't so. think I can. Do it. <laughs> it's been but, told to me so many times and I yeah. just can't do it. <laughs> but this was so much fun. Thank you so much for giving us the time. And can you just close up by telling everybody where they can find you? Yes, absolutely. So my name is Matt West. And the best way to find me is on Instagram at I am Matt West. Thank you so much for joining us. This was such a great episode. I think our listeners will love it. And thank you again. No, absolutely. And I appreciate both of you for bringing me on. And it was it was a pleasure. And I had a lot of fun. 